0: Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son.
1: And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we'd like to end our time with a chaser. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears.
0: We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to contact us by email or social media. You can find our contact info in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to support us through Patreon, you can find us there at Brutal, Bazaar, and Boozy Podcast or use the link in our show notes.
1: Hey there, fellow true crime aficionados. We're the host of Bad Acts, a true crime podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Aaron. Join us every Thursday for twisted true crime tales of dark deeds and despicable people. We focus on lesser-known, unique stories with a new case each week. We've covered family annihilators, cannibals, revenge killings, killer kids, mysterious murders, survivor stories, and much more. We've even tackled stories of people who blame zombies, vampires, ghosts, and voodoo for their bad acts. Of course, we know they're the only ones to blame. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts, or you can visit our website at badaxepod.com. If you like fresh stories and new perspectives on crime, Bad Ax will be your new jam. Join Bad Ax every Thursday. Stay safe, y'all. See you soon. So, Declan, what story do you have for us today?
0: Today, I'm going to be talking about Michael Swango.
1: That great guy.
0: Yeah, real real peach of a man.
1: I don't know a lot about him other than he was a creep. So I'm looking forward to hearing some of the details that you have.
0: Yeah, he's a pretty pretty gross guy. So what what are you going to be telling us?
1: I am going to be talking to you about Havana Syndrome. Ooh. And what it is and what people think it is and what people think it isn't and that kind of stuff. So, and for Mm -hmm. the drink to go along with that story, I uh, am bringing the Cuba Libre. I probably murdered the name, but Cuba Mm -hmm. Libre, something like that. So that is made from a third ounce of lime juice, four ounce of Coca-Cola one and two-third ounce of white rum. And the instructions are to combine your lime juice and rum in a highball glass with ice and stir. Then top it off with Coke and garnish with a lime wedge. So, are we ready to give it I a try? I had
0: milliliters, so I was guessing. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. the. The one that I use that you could switch the measurements. So,
0: oh, okay,
1: yeah, well, yeah, all right. Let's give this a try. try It
0: might not be okay accurate, but it's okay.
1: That's 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 not too bad, actually.
0: Even though it's rum,
1: I think. The lime, you really taste. I taste more of the lime than anything else.
0: Yeah. And I I think when I was a kid, I can't taste it. Oh, did
1: you? Oh, I used the white rum. And I'm pretty sure when I was a kid, we used to take lime and put it in Coke just as a drink. Hmm. I'm not a fan of of Coke anymore. (laughs) Yeah lime or lemon, make it a little fancy. All right, so Havana syndrome, let me tell you about it. For decades, there has been tension between the U.S. and Cuba, which we talked about a little bit during the JFK episode, but it started a long time before that, so it's been going on for decades. From covert operations in both countries to blatant attempts at government overthrow, there has been a two-way distaste for the other's actions and or policies but did this tension lead to targeting of hundreds of government employed Americans and Canadians by an unknown source or was it all in their heads in late 2016 a few diplomatic employees at the US and Canadian embassies located in Havana, Cuba began reporting strange health symptoms the symptoms included ringing in the ears, vertigo, headaches, balance problems, hearing loss Nausea and memory loss. For many accounts, it began as a grating sound that seemed to come from a specific direction. Several grating? people, like
0: rep- or grating, grating,
1: like, grating, like a
0: okay, like someone zesting something. Okay, okay,
1: yeah, yeah. Several people reported noticing vibration and pressure, as well as sensations similar to driving in a car with the windows partially open. So.
0: Like, you, boop, 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 boop.
1: Yeah, I I freaking hate that. Okay.
0: <laughs> I hate
1: that sound. I hate the pressure. I ugh it drives me crazy. And when I'm in a car with somebody that has their windows open and it's doing that, I'm like, how can you stand that? Stop that! Just close the windows
0: <laughs> yeah. or open them all the way up. Be an adult.
1: Yeah, exactly. Some victims also reported feeling like they had been hit by an invisible energy force. That would be. Really disconcerting. That's weird. Yeah. The unusual sounds could last from 20 seconds to 30 minutes. It usually happened when the staff were in their home or in a hotel. People in the neighboring rooms were typically not affected. So it only seemed, it seemed to be very targeted. The impact of the symptoms made it difficult for many of the people to continue working. The unusual health problems were given the name Havana syndrome. Neither the American or Canadian governments blamed the Cuban government for the strange incidents, but they were clearly concerned with the health of their staff. About a year and a half after the first reported cases, both the U.S. and Canadian governments started pulling some of their diplomatic staff out of Cuba, especially the ones with families. MRIs and other tests were done by neurologists of several of the reported cases. The tests displayed evidence of brain damage. The US State Department initially claimed the syndrome was possibly a result of a deliberate attack or exposure to an unknown device. However, they didn't claim to know who had who had perpetrated the act. They just said, "It seems like somebody's doing something deliberate to cause these symptoms, but well, we're not pointing fingers saying it's you or Russia or any Anyone in particular said that somebody's doing something shady. About a year after the initial reports in Havana, victims in other countries started coming forward with similar symptoms. American intelligence officers in over a dozen other countries around the world were also suffering from the strange health syndrome. The other countries included Russia, Australia, Poland, Taiwan, Colombia, Austria, China and a few others. These reports were coming from employees and family members of the CIA, military, and the U.S. State Department. There were even two cases reported stateside, including one incident occurring occurring outside on a lawn near the White House. Over 1,000 cases of Havana Syndrome have been reported since 2016. However, the researchers believe that the majority of those reports can be explained easily by other factors. For most of the cases, the symptoms were temporary, but several people reported long-term effects, including permanent hearing loss, chronic headaches, and continued balance problems. Various medical More panels. More like Yeah, some of them. <laughs> well, the MRI showed that some of them did have brain damage. That could not be explained away in any other.
0: Because I know a lot of military people are exposed to events that give them traumatic brain injuries.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: maybe that was part of it. Like they had already had previous brain injuries and this kind of added on to it. I don't know.
1: It's possible. It's possible. Various medical panels, agencies and groups have attempted to investigate and identify the cause of the symptoms. The medical reports and statements from victims have been evaluated and reviewed. There have been medical studies and articles published seeking to explain Havana syndrome. But of course, there's different opinions, and they contradict each other, and they go, oh, it could be this, but I don't think it's that, and I think it's this, so. Some scientists believe the strange sounds are originating from insects. Several of the patients made audio and video recordings of the sound they claim correlated with their symptoms. One team of investigators identified a specific cricket that makes a sound similar to what they heard on the recordings. However, a different group of investigators claim it was a different type of cricket making the sounds. So they both said it was crickets, but they were like, no, it's this kind of cricket. No, it's this kind of cricket. But regardless of that, how do you explain that's that explains the sounds, but it doesn't explain the physical symptoms like hearing or memory loss.
0: Well, we did learn in a couple of episodes ago that the government, the government can control bugs, <laughs> robots, right. robots, maybe they That's figure right. out how to do it with the cricket and they just make the cricket follow them around the rest of their life.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, jeez. Like Jiminy Cricket is just hanging out on their shoulder.
0: <laughs> yeah. He just follows yeah. him into every room he's at, hopes that he doesn't step on him and destroy the little computer attached to the cricket.
1: No kidding, right? Uh some researchers believe the symptoms were caused by radio frequencies or microwave radiation. Considering the fact that microwave radiation Uh, had been used in in the past as a suspected intelligence-gathering tactic, this explanation was not completely unheard of. In fact, it had occurred in Russia for over two decades, and that incident was called the Moscow signal. So a little side note about that, because I thought it was really interesting, and I'd never heard of it before. In 1953, officials in the American embassy in Moscow noticed microwave transmissions in part of the building. The source of the microwaves was an apartment building 100 meters away. It took 11 years before they did any shielding of the embassy, and not all of the employees were notified of the microwaves and the circumstances and that there was stuff going on. They just didn't tell everybody.
0: Everybody's getting hit over there? Yeah. In
1: 1975, (laughs) over 20 years after the abnormal radiation was detected and about 10 years after the shielding of the building took place, it was determined that the microwave intensity had increased. So they were regularly monitoring the microwaves, and then they noticed, oh, gosh, there's, it's even bigger than it was before. But the reason for the microwave is not fully known. There's been speculation that it was a method of spying on the U.S. embassy. Some people believe the microwaves were used to disrupt technology used in the building or possibly even to trigger Russian spy equipment within the building, either basically either activating something to work or causing something to stop functioning properly. A less popular theory is that the microwaves were used to affect the minds and bodies of the staff inside the building. So the theory about the use of microwaves being used against the US in a diplomatic setting was not a new one. There are a few skeptics to this theory though, as they believe the researchers who suggested it didn't follow proper methods in conducting the study, thus making their conclusions questionable. That research study aside though, critics of the technology theory, or basically the microwave radiation theory, claim that there is no known, no known, wow, that's really hard to say. No known energy source that can target victims that specifically, um, that could target someone specifically and could also cause brain damage. Does that make sense? That was a mouthful of words that didn't seem like they came out right. And yet another medical review panel did suggest that pulsed energy or microwaves was a plausible explanation. So again, some people said that it it was microwaves and other people said, no, it couldn't be. And then other people said, yes, it could be. So nobody knows. Uh, This review group did not suggest a specific device to cause the symptoms. And this review panel disputed the next theory, a psychological illness. So that was what some people believe. Another theory to explain Havana syndrome was that it was just mass hysteria. Essentially, the theory claims that a few reports of an unknown health concern scared others into believing they had similar symptoms. However, that wouldn't explain... I hate
0: mass hysteria. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So annoying.
1: (laughs) Yep. So even if it was... Mass hysteria, it wouldn't explain the brain defects notify you know that were identified in the neurologic imaging. The medical review group in favor of microwaves specifically stated that there were, known, there were no psychological disorders that also included the core physical symptoms associated with Havana syndrome. The CIA was one of the groups investigating the circumstances. Their official statement is that they do not believe it was a targeted campaign by a foreign entity. But we've talked a few times about the CIA and that they don't always tell us the truth. So although there have not been any official conclusions leading researchers in a specific direction there are still animal studies being funded by the government looking at long-term radio frequency exposure. So the CIA is saying, no, nobody did it. It was fine. It's not a deal. But we're going to fund you researching it just in case. Yeah.
0: So I was actually listening to a podcast, the Sean Ryan show. I believe I mentioned it as a chaser before. But Mm -hmm. he had this guy on... Um, let me figure out what episode it is. I believe it... No, episode number 66 with Aaron Hecker. But anyways, uh, Aaron was a contractor on the military base in the South Pole. And mm. he was a firefighter and a plumber. So he had like a master key for everything because he needed to be able to get into a room if there was a fire. So right. he explained that... They have technology there that's, it's, I think he called it a direct energy weapon or something like that, a directional energy weapon, and he explained that it can do anything from the Havana syndrome, like that, he mentioned that specifically, he's like, this is caused by directed energy waves or whatever, like you said, microwaves, ah. and he said it can also cause earthquakes and uh, tsunamis with <gasps> that. What? yeah oh shit it's a pretty interesting uh podcast he mentioned some other really crazy stuff there but yeah that's part of the thing that he mentioned is that havana syndrome oh
1: my gosh i'm gonna have to go listen to that episode holy cow
0: yeah it's pretty crazy He, it was part three of a uh it was the final part of a three-part uh ufo whistleblower thing so there's A couple more episodes before that of people who had come out after the whole whistleblower Mm. act thing came out. So, Mm -hmm. it's worth a listen. There's some interesting stuff. And they're all, like, most of them are military people, too. So, it's, like, it's pretty crazy.
1: They have access to stuff that other people don't. Yeah. So I
0: feel like their sightings are more credible because they're working for the government and their official people and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you right. about Michael Swango. <sighs>
1: that peach of a guy.
0: Yep. Michael Swengo was born on October 21st, 1954 to parents Muriel and John Swengo. He was the middle of three children. His father was an army vet and shortly after returning home from war, he and Muriel divorced. Michael did well in school and even made valedictorian. After graduating, he joined the Marines where he spent several years. He was honorably discharged in 198 yeah 1980 and this is when he became bleh, He was honorably discharged in 1980 and this is when he began his life in the medical field While he was attending Southern Illinois University School of Medicine he was also working as an EMT He spent a majority of his efforts at work which caused him to fall behind at school While he was in college, he became fascinated in violent deaths and even started a scrapbook with different images and, like, news articles related to death.
1: Oh. Yeah. Uh,
0: Also, his senior thesis was about a famous writer who died from poisoning, which will come up in the future.
1: Oh. Yes. Lovely. Lovely.
0: A month before he was set to graduate, it was discovered that he had faked some of his labs, specifically his OBGYN rotation. So I don't know about medicine stuff, but I'm assuming they have to do some basic... Like when you're going to college, to get any degree you have to take weird background classes that aren't specific to the course, I feel. I'm guessing it's the same for medical. But I don't know. A committee at his school held a meeting to decide if he was going to be expelled for his actions or allowed to graduate. The committee had to have a unanimous vote in order to kick him out, but one member voted to let him graduate a year late. While he was finishing his school, a majority of Swengo's EMT patients ended up developing severe symptoms and five of them died from their newly acquired illnesses. So, They come in for, like, a car accident, and then, boom, they have, like, lung issues or something, and it's like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, A few months after graduating, he is accepted as an intern at Ohio State University Medical Center. On January 31st, 1984, Ruth Barrick was recovering from a surgery at the osu medical center a nurse was talking with ruth when swango entered the room and told the nurse to leave while he checked on her iv swango left the room shortly after and when the nurse returned ruth was suffering from respiratory failure she was completely Mm -hmm. fine right before and then after swango left she started seizing up Wow. Hospital staff were able to save her. However, a week later, Swengo entered her room again. When a nurse went to check on her, she was once again turning blue. However, staff were not able to save her this time.
1: Oh. Do we get to find out how he did that?
0: Uh, or is it partially? Or is
1: it an, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So... Before this incident, Ruth was set to make a speedy, speedy recovery, so her death really came out of nowhere. The That's next so day, sad. a nurse was doing routine checkups when she passed Rena Cooper's room and spotted Swango tampering with her IV. He was injecting something like directly into the line.
1: Oh! When,
0: when Swango realized he had been spotted, he quickly left the room without speaking to the nurse, which she thought was kind of weird. Yeah, moments later Cooper went into respiratory failure. Staff were able to keep her alive and as soon as possible she informed staff that Swengo was injecting something into her IV before the incident. She was able to com- like completely identify him too. She pointed him out. Another nurse spotted Swengo leaving a restroom like right after. And when she entered, she found an empty syringe left on the sink, which is not very common practice for the hospital. They have sharps containers that you throw that stuff away at. (laughs) Right. Uh, This was a big enough red flag to start an investigation into Swango. And they discovered that nine of his patients, who had great chances of recovery, died due to mysterious circumstances. Yeah. Instead of alerting the authorities, the hospital decided to deny Swango's internship. The only reason that they didn't alert authorities is because they didn't want to deal with lawsuits and potential bad press at the hospital. Right. Which, as you'll see, is a recurring theme.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. So shitty.
0: Yeah. I love hospitals, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite place. This
0: caused, <laughs> this caused Swango <laughs> to skip town and move back to Illinois. While in Illinois, Swango went back to his roots and became an EMT again. A few months after starting his new job, Swango brought donuts for his coworkers. What a nice guy.
1: Hey, that's nice.
0: In the hours after eating them, his coworkers became violently ill. So...
1: That donut place. They immediately
0: suspect. Yeah, (laughs) they have really (laughs) gross donuts. I guess they immediately suspected Swango and decided to check his locker, where they found a half-empty bottle of ant poison, which the main ingredient was arsenic.
1: Wow! So
0: that's kind of that's the first clue at how he's doing that. Is he's just giving him ant poison?
1: So. I know that arsenic's been used for a long time for poisonings, um, Mm -hmm. and it seems like it's over periods of time. So it makes me wonder, like...
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Like, people have arsenic poisoning over, like, weeks and months before they... Get sick and well, wasn't, die maybe But So I wonder if it was like a super high dose that He like Instead of powdered sugar These are powdered arsenic donuts You know what I mean Like a lot
0: Well wasn't there like a period of time Where some guy was sending arsenic in the mail And it was killing people Like when they opened oh, it Oh
1: I don't know I don't know Maybe
0: Well I'm gonna have to look that up That might be a new yeah. Uh, podcast Yeah idea. there you go Yep. So this discovery of the ant poison prompted them into setting a trap for Swango. These EMTs God. were smart. Nice. His coworkers set out a bottle of tea in the break room. Uh, so they just left it out during the day. And later that day, they brought the bottle to a lab to have it analyzed, which showed it contained arsenic.
1: Oh, nice! So, and
0: yeah, the police were called. Yeah, there's
1: there's not uh, security cameras in these places like you'd be able to do a nanny cam kind of thing today.
0: No, this is also like the 50s, so those those aren't 80s. I thought you
1: said it was the 80s.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. My bad. He was born in the 50s.
1: (laughs) Right, I I got got scared there for a second. I myself
0: mixed up. The police were called and a search warrant was issued for Swango's resident Res- Swango's residency Res-
1: Residence A search house. warrant
0: was issued for Swango's house
1: <laughs> There you go.
0: <laughs> Where authorities found copious amounts of toxic chemicals and recipes to make them more toxic.
1: <gasps> oh my yeah. god. He
0: is in his bathroom mixing bleach and ammonia wearing a gas mask and shit. <laughs>
1: Jeez.
0: Swenkel was sentenced to five years in prison for aggravated battery, but w- was released after two and a half for an, uh good being a good prisoner i guess
1: good behavior
0: he moved to yeah he moved to Virginia after prison to uh look for work. He was rather unsuccessful, but he did meet his fiance while living there. The two moved to The two moved to South Dakota because Swango was offered a job at the University of South Dakota in their uh, VA clinic. Uh, The two moved to South Dakota because Swango was offered a job at the University of South Dakota. During this time, his fiance developed a constant headache day in, day out, which really affected her. While working at the university, it was unveiled that Swango had gone to prison for poisoning people. The university told reporters pretty soon after Swango's fiance found out because there was a huge news flash about this guy Uh because when he got the job, they saw that he had a battery charge, but he lied and said that it was a drunken bar fight. So, yeah, after they found out that it wasn't a bar fight and that he was poisoning his co-workers, they fired him and told the, the news and stuff.
1: Oh, Good job. Good on them. Yeah.
0: So she felt betrayed, and so she left Swango and moved back home uh, to her parents' house in Virginia. And surprisingly, or not so surprisingly, as soon as she left Swango, her headache stopped.
1: <gasps> Shocker. Yeah. her.: oh,
0: the breakup, like, was really messing with her, and she ended up uh, committing suicide. Oh. And they did an autopsy on her, and they found that her hair had contained arsenic in it, so. Jeez. Yeah, it was pretty clear that he had been poisoning her the whole time.
1: Ugh. What a dick. Yeah.
0: Swango once again moved, this time taking a residency in a VA hospital in New York. Um. On Swengo's starting day at his new job, a patient died from mysterious circumstances. The very first day. He couldn't even wait. Hey. Yeah. Several other patients at the hospital died before the staff at South Dakota University discovered that Swengo had a new job. So South Dakota University was the one who uh, told everybody that Swango had gone to jail for poisoning.
1: Okay. His last job. So, the previous job.
0: Yeah. As
1: soon as they, soon fired as they his ass found out and he said, was
0: working. Go. Yeah. As soon as they found out he was working at another hospital, they called the place that he was working and they alerted him. They alerted the ho- like the staff at the hospital to what Swango mm-hmm. was doing. He was immediately fired and an internal investigation was launched into the mysterious deaths of his patients. But once again, they didn't alert authorities to his behavior, but they did something that none of the other places had done. And the dean of the college where the VA hospital was sent a letter to every university with a medical department detailing his crimes and what he was doing. So that meant he was never able to get another job at a university hospital, which is where he was primarily working.
1: But it doesn't prevent him from doing anything to anyone else. I mean, he yeah, poisoned a whole an EMT, EMT crew. Or whatever. Yeah.
0: <sighs> While Swingo wasn't aware of this letter, he felt his time was soon coming to an end, so he decided to leave the country. South Africa is in dire need of doctors, and Swingo knew that, so he made his way there. He was hired almost immediately at a hospital in Zimbabwe. And as you can imagine, uh, patients started dying from mysterious deaths. A nun at the hospital where he worked had discovered a syringe underneath a patient's cot. One who had just recovered from almost dying due to unknown illnesses.
1: Oh.
0: She called the police who immediately got into contact with with the Department of Justice. The DOJ had been secretly building a case against Swango, and this was just the verification that they needed. When the South African police went to arrest Swango, they discovered that he had fled the country.
1: Hmm.
0: He was detected flying to the U.S. to obtain a visa to the Middle East. He was planning on going down and poisoning more people at a hospital in the Middle East. So they realized that he was coming into town or into the country. And the DOJ met him at the boarding gate and arrested him.
1: Yay!
0: <laughs> yeah. So while Swingo was being questioned, authorities told him that they were charging him with the murders, of which uh, that could result in the death penalty. Swingo took a plea deal and admitted to three separate murder charges and was sentenced to life in prison. While he only admits to three murders, the Department of Justice suspects that he is responsible for over. 60 deaths.
1: Eeks. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Real nice
1: guy. Is he still alive in prison?
0: Yes. He's like 60-something, I want to say.
1: Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow. Not a nice guy. Yeah,
0: not a cool guy. I don't like doctors to begin with, and he's not making it any better.
1: Right? (laughs) Well, do you have a chaser for us today?
0: I do. So my chaser is from an Instagram account called that good news girl. She just does like nice heartwarming stories. That's where I found the uh, Elvis, the fish story was on hers. Um, but anyways, there was a group of guys who were doing a bachelor party. They were just out in the woods doing some like shooting driving ATV, stuff like that. Like typical guy bachelor party, just drinking right. in the woods. And while they were out there, they found they came across 7 puppies like oh. stray dogs
1: uh-huh. and
0: so it just happened to line up with how many people were at the bachelor party and
1: really? they just
0: like they started uh instead of like spending their time shooting and all that they just started playing with the puppies and taking care of them and then all every single person there adopted one of the dogs
1: so, oh that's so sweet <laughs>
0: So there's just seven puppies and seven dudes, and they all took them, and they still get to see their siblings because they're all friends. Right. And
1: Oh, that's cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Were there pictures of the puppies?
0: Yes, there is. Oh. So if you want to see, go look at Good News. Wait, let me make sure I got her name right. That Good News Girl on Instagram, all one word, and then you can okay. see those
1: I'm going to have to go check that out. What's your chaser? My chaser is also an Instagram account. Specifically about dogs. It is. Well, I shouldn't say Uh, dogs. It's a dog. It's the Instagram account. uh, Deputy dog radar. And. It's. It's a, a. Sheriff's officer. Who has a Belgian Malinois dog. As his partner. And he films himself eating snacks and giving the dog snacks through the gate
0: oh, <laughs> in his
1: in his vehicle. And um, if I remember right, they are in Oregon, I believe they're in the Portland area somewhere. I want to say it might have been Beaverton, but now I'm not so sure about that. But yeah, he's a really cute dog and that's deputy underscore dog underscore radar but i'm sure if you just type in deputy dog radar you'll find him because there's got to be only one and so they share snacks all the time like melon and apples and cookies and that dog is so excited to come through that little gate to get his snackies it's so awesome
0: they're really fascinating. Like I mm-hmm. another podcast recommendation is the Mic Drop Podcast. He's a retired Navy SEAL. I think I mentioned it a little bit before, but he, he trains yeah, I working think he, dogs.
1: Yeah.
0: He's got a really cool foundation. I believe it's called the Warrior Dog Foundation. And like oh. so obviously when these some of these dogs they get like PTSD and they're not really dogs anymore like as we think of them they're they're like really scary and jumpy and they a lot of people wouldn't be able to handle them so this guy adopts the dogs that uh that were previously in combat in iraq or police dogs or he adopts them and takes care of them when nobody else will and like helps them find a new home and like kind of
1: Oh. Like he's
0: like a therapy human for the, that's the dogs. That's so
1: cool. <laughs> I didn't realize that's yeah, what he did. Really I knew cool that guy. he dealt with dogs, but I didn't know that like he was retraining them. And
0: yeah, because he dogs. he trains dogs for like police departments and stuff. He purpose trains them for whatever they need, and then he ships them out. But he also does that where he adopts like the the. PTSD dogs, I want to say. Uh, I don't know how else to call them that.
1: No, I get it. That makes sense. Yeah. Very cool. Well, did you have anything else that you wanted to discuss? Or are we done? I
0: do not. I think we're done.
1: All right. Well, it's nice chatting with you.
0: Yeah. I I enjoyed hearing your Savannah syndrome story. I knew, like, what it was but I didn't know all the details to it so that's cool
1: yeah yeah awesome well we'll chat with you later love you
0: love you too bye
1: bye hey friends thank you for supporting our podcast please share our show with your brutal and bizarre friends give us a boozy follow on your favorite podcast platform If you're feeling extra generous, we'd appreciate a five-star rating or review as well. But maybe do that sober so all the letters are in the right place.
0: You can find all our contact information in the show notes. We love hearing from you, and if you're interested in helping us stock the bar for our future boozy episodes, you can find our Patreon link in the show notes as well.